and welcome to another edition of Chopped Greens. I'm your host, Philip Amarine, joined virtually once again by the one, the only, the illustrious, the anemblatic, I think that that's a word, look it up, I don't wow. think I used it properly, but it's there, the one, the only, Gary Boucher. Gary, how are you doing this week, man? Dude, I'm having a really good week, you know why? Oh, why? Because I have upgraded my equipment you guys can't see it but i have got my hands on a new microphone we've had an audio debacle on my end phil's the the cool audio shaman i um am not but i'm getting there with the guidance of beautiful philip and um i am going off of two hours of sleep are you um yeah man i i've been having a lot of trouble sleeping lately it's Uh, been bad but or something the doc, else. No, it's because no matter what time I go to bed, my body wakes me up at six no. every day. So last night I no. stayed up until like two and then I was tossing and turning. Then I woke up at six, man. It was awful. And but it's good because I think if I would have gotten like five hours, I'd be more tired right now. I'm in that kind of like I'm just running on like the adrenaline that my body has. So I'm actually very alert. But in like six yeah. hours. I'm going to take some melatonin, some of my prescription drugs, and ooh, I'm going to hit that pillow, man. Yeah, for me, it's the first day is always easy, always fine. It's always yes. the days after. If you go on low sleep two days in a row, the second day is rough. The third day is rough. Fourth day, you're dead. But uh, the first day... I actually feel more alert during the time that I am awake. Exactly. Yeah, if I can get past that. was me yesterday. If you can get past that initial point of just feeling groggy after waking up, once you get into the run of things, feel fantastic, actually. It's the day after that I really do need sleep. But I completely sympathize. I empathize with you. Thank you, man. A lack of sleep is a real killer. And talking about killer... Uh, we've got a mm-hmm. film here that has to do all about killing. Now, uh, for those of you who do not like to read, refuse to read, I get it. I understand the film that we are going to be talking about that is labeled on the episode is Mortal Kombat. Now, this is available to you if you have HBO Max. I Again, I'm really not sure which version that is. You may have HBO Purple, and I think it works with you. Don't know, but HBO After Dark, HBO Max, yeah, HBO um, Live, HBO Sports, whatever exactly. it is, uh, HBO, one of the versions. Oh, HBO, yeah. my God, yes, one of those versions should work, uh, and it should be free to you uh, enjoy. But this is a film. It's uh, it's not a it's not a sequel. I'd say it's a remake, a remake of the original one. Of course, more so than that, it is certainly based off of the video game franchise of the same name. Stars a couple of uh, of newbies, I'd say. I don't really recognize anybody in here. I don't know if you do, uh, Gary, but we've got uh, Louis Tan playing the pivotal Cole Young, Jessica McNamee playing Sonya Blade, Josh Larson playing Kano. We'll talk about him a lot. Uh, Joe Taslam playing Beyond or Sub-Zero. Makad Brooks playing Jax. Matilda Kimber as Emily. And you know what? I'm just going to go down. We have a fair amount of people. But I'm going to go to Hiroyuki Sanada. He plays, for all intents and purposes, Scorpion. Those I'm going to highlight. There's a bunch more. It's very much an ensemble piece. And if the there's person any- I... Uh... 
Uh, you know, the only person I recognize from this cast is actually Chin Han as the scared guy from The Dark Knight. Otherwise, could have fooled me with any of these people. No, no, no. I don't know who any of them were. You know who's, who the guy who plays Scorpion is. He's been in a couple other things. Uh, you ever see Do I? Wolverine? Like The Wolverine, I think is what it was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is he in that? Okay. He plays the well. pseudo bad guy in that. He's in a, another Marvel film. Oh yeah. In uh, you of course you watched Endgame. Uh, he is the guy that Green Arrow chases in there. Oh, he's the guy that Hawkeye kills. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 you ever yeah. see uh, the Last Samurai? Yes, that's a great movie. Yes, he is the the main uh, guy that always goes against Tom Cruise and is always testing oh. him and eventually becomes his best friend okay. by the end. The podcast recommends The Last Samurai, by the way. Yeah, Last Samurai. Surprising film. Even if you don't like Tom Cruise, I'd say one of, if not his best performance. Uh, yes. Anyways, anyways. Um, and it's uh, better than... Mortal Kombat 2021, which is apparently a remake. I didn't know that until you said that just now because so, I, I do know that they made it in 97. Yeah, they made 97. Um, I don't know if this was sequel. just a reboot. I yeah. Think, yeah, let's let's even go with a re, reboot because it certainly doesn't hold a yeah. lot in common with the first uh, iteration of this franchise, of this film franchise. Uh, shares a similar theme, maybe. But other than that, it really does do a lot on its own. And if there was any question of whether or not we are uh, out and away from Oscar season, this episode brings us fully away. Wow. I, I don't know if you want to call this a palate cleanser. It's more like, you know, <laughs> bulimia. We'll call it that. Yeah, because we, we did Sean the Sheep, which was still in the mold, but, you know, a little bit different. This one is a quality movie. All spice. Yeah. You know what? OK, so we are going to have two different things about this because one. Yeah. Gary, have you ever played the games whatsoever? Do you have any of the nostalgia in you for Mortal Kombat? I, okay, so here's my thing. I don't have the nostalgia, so okay. my watching of the movie is coming straight up from I'm 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 watching this movie. I mean, I think historically video game movies are pretty crappy, um, yeah. and I've had one experience playing Mortal Kombat. I went over to one of my good friends' houses every day after school and high school before basketball practice, and one time we pulled it out, and he and his older brother kicked my ass out of the building, and they were, like, really mean about it, you know, and they just really made fun of me, so after that I was like, I'm never playing this freaking game again. So I have essentially no history with Mortal Kombat. I don't know about you. No, I, I have a fair amount. I played a couple of iterations of the game. I I did watch the first two movies growing up they were <laughs> sublime if you if you did not like this film chances are you probably won't like the first one but i actually would recommend you to go back and watch the first one not the sequel the first maybe one. you could do that as a, a punishment well he, here's the thing i mean we're gonna get into this i did not like the movie yeah totally but yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so either way regardless let's just Take this assumption that if you are first coming into this film and for some reason, I don't know why, but if you just did not even have any sense of the idea that this would be a blood filled film full of action, full of combat, full of fight choreography. If you had any qualms about that, did not you were naive, you thought that you were clicking or watching a love story, whatever it may be. Uh, they quickly espoused any notion of that idea with quickly getting to the killing, getting to the super 
human elements of the film with uh, the first couple of Frozen things. And uh, I think that you would agree with me here, Gary. I think that the first scene, the first where the whole scene encompasses, I think that that's probably the best scene in the film. Would you would you agree? You mean the opening that yeah. ends with um, our, our hero dying as he crawls back towards his house? But the one that's in, in the 1600s, not when we get to modern day, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I think that that's definitely the best scene in the movie. There's a few moments that made me do a little fist pump, but I, I've got it written down here, man. The opening was good enough. And sure. let, let's break it down. Let's break it down. Let's, so let's. we we get... I, so this movie's fast. It's fast as hell. Oh, Which yeah. definitely... Oh, that yeah. it's a huge it's a huge boost and a huge detriment to the movie. But in that open, um, you know, the, the the family stuff, all that kind of crappy kind of bland. I didn't come here for that. I came here for some action. Right. Absolutely. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to judge based on this first action scene. And needless to say, I was, let's say, 65 percent impressed. And here's why. Because the actual action was good. I didn't expect gore at all. And ah, yeah. my girlfriend told me, oh, no, like th- these games have like people getting ripped in half. Like there's definitely going to be some gore. And I was like, oh, cool. I- I'm here for that. So when he's flicking around his little knife on the rope, I was like, OK, this is pretty cool. But then it starts to set in um, when he has his fight with Mr. Ice Guy. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, sub- Sub-Zero, purposes. right? Yeah, Sub-Zero. We, we don't Ice come guy. For, the, for the actual names. They... This movie is obviously influenced a lot by martial arts, but they don't shoot it like good martial arts movies. There's so much cutting in the action. And I started to notice it when he was fighting Sub-Zero. They did a good job when he was fighting all the guys in the group. The choreography was cool. But after that, it's like totally out the window and none of the action scenes get to that height again. You know, uh, definitely the the high point of, of the movie right there. Um, and at that point, I was like, OK, this is kind of corny. The action is good, not great, but I'm into it. And um, slowly declined from there with a few um, blips. I don't know how you felt about that open. Yeah, I, I think it sets a tone uh, for lack of a better wording and phrasing. It sets a tone and you will see blood if you did not again if you did not know going in there is blood aplenty if not slightly animated i mean it is just all all over i mean you you look and some of the people are getting absolutely absolutely decapitated and i think fans of the video game if not even fans of the prior movies were certainly appreciative of that that's what they wanted that's what you came to see uh this and it does set a tone as well for the surreal and i think that it sets a tone it's also a high point like character and story wise yeah at absolutely. that point i'm like okay cool i mean i've got the setup i know what's going to happen and once again takes a dip after that but it, it sets the tone and it's because of you know oh this man watched his wife and son die and he's fighting this guy to the death and it's off the walls action you know? sure uh, and one thing that it did set a tone for that I always, I, I never really, I don't know where to insert this into my critique because it's kind of ever flowing. It kind of feels like an end note rather than a beginning. But since it sets a tone for it, the one thing that it really lets you know uh, is that death is not the end for all the characters. Uh, I realized that it's off of a video game and then in the video game, of course, you can pick any character you want. You can kill any character you want and then they just repopulate. It's not the end. 
Did it let us know that in the beginning? I think so, because once, uh, again, maybe it's because I knew the lore and you didn't, so maybe you didn't see it coming and I just assumed that it was natural, was that when the guy died in a flame, flaming embryo, if that's what you want to call it, I... I did not take that to mean that he died. I took that to mean that something had interfered with him dying. And so, and, um, and on top of it, with him suffering as many grievous injuries yeah. as he did and still crawling, I was like, okay, so we're, we're, we're supposed to know that you can go pretty far. You can stretch the expectations of there's not going to be a real level of realism here of, you know, you get, you get jabbed in the liver and that's a kill blow this is you're going to need to be anything sans decapitated and you're you still got a shot to make it and pull it through this and that's what i thought that it it established early on and see i thought it was like a like a star wars thing where he was going to kind of become one with whatever the the you know magic is and then he would like kind of pop in and give advice not literally come back and, and kill a guy later like he did yeah and maybe again uh, maybe it's just with my background knowledge of the game, of the movie, of the story. Yeah. And or maybe it's the fact that I knew that he was a bigger actor than just a five second cameo in the beginning. Maybe that's what had led it to to having a fair assumption on that. I really don't you know, know. what? It, it wasn't explained, except it was perfectly at the end when he comes back and he goes, I have risen from hell to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. There we go. Yeah, that's really it's really all you needed. And for a quality <laughs> film like this, that's all that you're going to get. So. Uh, we're working off of that. Uh, but you're right. And uh, we talked about it. the beginning is probably the best point of the film, which is sad to say when you have the rest of the film to go. Uh, and it's it was evident that they were going to skip a fair amount of storytelling and background to get straight to the fighting because they knew what people came for. And I think that they tr- unfortunately, the amount of storytelling that was set for this film was in two places. And I wish that there was more, and they chose in the wrong direction. I'll go that. First off, they went with Scorpion in the beginning, which I thought was by far the most intriguing element of the film, which is surprising. But it was far more intriguing in that story than it was anywhere else. Uh, if we look at, if we look at um, the other way that they decided to go, they went with uh, Cole Young, the main protagonist, who. One is not in the in the video game lore, at least to my knowledge, Gary. So if you didn't know him or knew that he was going to get a uh, what is that? What is Aquaman suit by the end? It, you weren't alone because I didn't have any idea Je- what the heck that meant. Yeah, my girlfriend kept me informed. She was like, "Oh, this guy must be a new addition." I think that um, she mentioned that they might kind of insert him into like the the new games, maybe sure. whatever his his hero is, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you could tell uh, because that character, oh boy, oh my god, I'm getting nauseous just just thinking about it. I this is like a masterclass and like what not to do when you're coming up with like your your basic storyline. I think because here's the thing: if you're gonna come up with somebody new to really create a story around and and really put as the placeholder for the audience is like, oh, this is you being inserted into the film for lack of a better, or maybe to even try and enhance the film because I get it. A lot of the characters within the film don't have widespread knowledgeable stories that maybe aren't developed fully because they're in a video game. I get it, but they do have weird quirky 
backgrounds that they need to have. And so therefore to focus on any one of them feels like a disservice to the others. So because of that, you're going to insert a new guy that you can throw on other people's for context and it'll feel a little bit better. I guess I can at least understand where, why the approach happened as it did, but as it stood, I, I don't even blame the actor for the, the bad portrayal because the dialogue in this film the best dialogue comes from Kano's character and it, and prove me wrong. I think it was improv. I think that it was completely improv and just from the source of the actor doing a, a phenomenal job of getting into character and going fully uh, in, in embracing what, what little the writers gave him and what more so background he probably found within the character. No, Kano is definitely um, a bright spot. Um, he was quite funny. It, th- this main character, this cool guy, who I couldn't tell you his name until I looked up on Google, and you just told me. Oh yeah. For for like almost the majority of the movie, he's legitimately not the main character. Um, he completely falls out of the narrative, and it's like th- the blonde girl is essentially the main character of the movie. I didn't understand but, why they wouldn't just combine them into one character. Yeah, but they won't acknowledge her as such, and and even her arc was was weird she's the hero that we deserved but didn't need in the story or i I really that's it's really clunky with the balance because every single scene from when he arrives at indiana and meets her i believe her name is sonia in the movie up until god i have it written down here some point like 45 minutes later into the movie he completely falls into the background of every single scene and but like the other characters have twice as many lines as him he is very forgettable and even as he's going on his journey they're going to the temple um he's still like feels like the the least significant person there and it's it's crazy to me because it's like they serve this to you on a silver platter it's like a luke skywalker narrative he's a regular guy i mean you tell him early on that he's the chosen one yada 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 we all know that narrative we all love that narrative and they it completely crashed and burned they didn't do it at all like we don't even find out that he's an orphan till like an hour into the movie man that's like important stuff to put in on the front end yeah they should have put that in earlier because i know for a lot of people we didn't understand that uh, you either assume that he was the orphan from like 400 years ago, which is weird, or maybe he was hiding it. It was, there was a a big disconnect where at first I tried to remember like throughout the rest of the film, even assuming that he was an orphan, I was, I had to think to myself, Hmm, but he's not a girl. And they kept saying that it had to be your sister, you know, your, your, your baby daughter. There was a lot of references to the baby being a girl and he wasn't. So I was very confused because I also, I think it was safe to assume that Sonia was not the orphan child either. And then it kind yeah. of turned into a weird, weird Dude, pseudo and line heritage. I, I don't need handholding, but nothing is explained that should be explained. The audiences are smart. We can fill in the gaps if you give us hints. But like, for example, they never established that his daughter was his daughter because A, he looks really young. B, she's like a teenager. And I was like, is that his his sister, like a, like a niece? And then it's like it, she calls him dad like an hour into the movie. And I'm like, oh, OK, she's his daughter. But truly, like, I didn't know who she was for the I, long. I was like, who who is this? I think that the majority of us thought that he she was at best his girlfriend's daughter. I, I, I was like, okay, she's a stepdaughter, and this guy's like twenty five. Yeah, but, uh, it yeah. was it was really weirdly cast. Again, I don't. It's movies like this where I don't know if it had to do more with bad writing 
or bad acting. I'm going to go on the part of bad writing. Writing. Writing and dialogue writing. Especially. I'll tell you why... I'll tell you why it's bad writing because, you know, I'm an amateur writer ah. and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm like all, all these narrative things I'm pointing out. And I was like, man, these actors are actually pretty likable. All of them were. I yeah. thought they were, they did the most with what they were given, but they were, I'm like, it makes me so mad. You know how many struggling writers I know? Some guy was paid, you know, a million bucks to write this movie. And I, I'm like, you don't even tell us that this girl's his daughter. And it's not enough to give us a three second flashback of of his great, 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 great grandfather in hell to like keep us in on his narrative, man. Because otherwise, like I said, he's not even in it. Yeah, definitely the writing uh, for sure. Completely, completely agree with you. Uh, And again, the best part, I, I think it's worth highlighting again, Kano is probably the best part of the film. That's a constant throughout until the end, but a, a constant iteration within the script And he feels like an outlier to everybody else, which would, again, lead me to believe that most, if not all of his quality lines and dialogue were improvised, allowing him to kind of showcase himself out amongst the rest of the group. And his character certainly allowed it to. He's certainly the the Jack Sparrow, where he's an antihero, but then he kind of turns into a villain, which is a full villain, full turncoat, which was kind of weird of his hero aspect it was anyways a, but it was very quick so much stuff in this movie is quick which is fine we like quick in an action movie but you have to fill in the stuff that makes sense for the narrative to go that quickly and, and that's a good, a good example of that and you know what the the action editing cuts were were quick in and of themselves but didn't it kind of feel like there were some scenes maybe missing like, I felt like there were some either maybe yes. they, they filmed yes. them and they just didn't work or maybe they cut a storyline in the interest of time. I really They not- were missing and the scenes that were there were like propped up like a cheap billboard in a in a very dead town. Like, for example, we have to have the obligatory scene when, you know, he goes to Sonia's lair and she has the pictures on the walls and is like explaining. Connecting, yeah, everything. But, but she doesn't like I, I explain enough. Like, it's like one of the worst exposition scenes that we've ever seen and we all need that but it's like got to make it interesting or like actually make some sense of stuff of some stuff here bad so yeah stuff like that and that scene is essentially missing we don't get a scene in the first act that really tells us who cole is i mean he gets his ass kicked in mma but i need to know more about him as a guy otherwise we don't have that at all and so i'm like i don't know who this guy is but um kano i'm like okay cool i mean well, he's a black ops guy yada 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 he has a lot more than the main character of the freaking movie yeah, I I think that one of the best elements of the film, which is kind of weird to say, and I don't know that I've ever given this note, is that the locations are varied. I, I actually, for a very worldly film, this one had a lot of locations, a lot of different locations, a lot of unique locations. And when I think of this film, I think I'll look back and think of the various places that they visited more so than the actual film, but it, it, it still begs to be said and complimented. If that is something, the scenic uh, choreographer and just location designer, I think you know, that's worth being mentioned. If not, uh, honestly though, we, I want compliment. more real locations. 
you know, like yeah. uh, a lot of it was was digital, you know, kind of like uh, how in Lord of the Rings, the old movies were all shot on location. The new movies are digital, still beautiful, but digital. And speaking of Lord of the Rings and the writing, let me say this. No one is going to catch this but me. The writing of this movie was bad, right? But there was a line that uh, one of the um, older guys, I can't remember if it's the villain or the hero, says to one of the characters, there is nothing for you here, only death. That is verbatim a line that uh, Mr. Elrond, Hugo Weaving, says in Lord of the Rings. And I, I cannot believe that the script was this bad and that person actually wrote that line. They obviously ripped that out of Lord of the Rings and was like, ooh, that would fit in this moment. And it didn't. And I was like, dude, you can't fake it. You cannot fake this. I just, I have to get that off my chest, you know, for the people. Yeah, this, I think the script was trying to serve far too many masters. Uh, the beginning felt like it was it was the pitch and then the rest kind of fell short uh, and it felt like it was written and intended for a sequel. Whereas earlier, like even the first film, I think whenever you watch the first film, Gary, because I for all its faults, at least it's stylized. And I think that you'll appreciate the first one a lot better. Than you I, and that's one. that's what I wanted. I wanted more of a style. Like, how beautiful would this movie be if they paid homage or shot it kind of like a, a martial arts movie? You know, there was so much close up. Give me wide shots, uncut of the characters fighting. Um, give me more like cool landscapes. I mean, there's so much more fun you could have with this and still tickle the Mortal Kombat itch. And honestly, though, you know, it's funny you said it was being set up for a sequel. I also think it was being set up to get me to want to go buy and play a video game because it's essentially sure. a commercial for a video game. Sure. And honestly, I will say after the movie ended, I was like, I kind of want to go play Mortal Kombat right now. There you go. So there capitalism go. wins once again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it works in that in that uh, entry. And I think it's weird for anybody who's slightly... Uh, dipped their toe into the Mortal Kombat world to really see a film with it. And this is kind of what set me off to know that it was set for a sequel is that we were like even halfway through, obviously the entire movie, but halfway through. And we mentioned that there was a tournament, but we never got into the tournament. And it was both frustrating and I didn't see like a clip of an old tournament. Like I didn't see anything. I, I was like, okay, so we're just not going to address that. Like we talked about it the whole time and not even a flashback. Yeah. There were a couple of moments anything. where, where they addressed like video game lore and there were stuff that really worked there. Um, but most of them fell flat because it's one thing to have in a video game, somebody narrate it and speak it out loud. It's another, whenever they're speaking out their own, things uh, i believe the guy who plays kung lao he has the hat he kills the harpy going around and around who we barely had enough time to learn anything other than she's a beautiful. fantastic death by the way fantastic I will, death i will be shouting out my favorite deaths of this movie that one was one that really really was uh, oh, yeah, very memorable. memorable uh but Afterwards, I believe he said, I don't even remember. That's how kind of weird. But he I, he ruined the moment of how cool that death was by saying flawless victory. And you know that that's from the video game lore, but it didn't fit. The best one of that bunch, I would say, is Kano's where he says Kano wins. It worked. It worked because he himself as a character, uh, as a character, is campy. Oh, is, is, it, is Kano a character? In Kano Kombat? actually is. Everybody, everybody oh. in this film 
who had speaking lines that was not directly involved with Cole Young, because his family's obviously not in it. He himself's not in it. Everybody else was in there to some degree, and I really appreciated that. Even Reptile. Even um, the main soul guy taking, I will take your soul. He's in there. Everybody's in there. The only one who's not is the main person. And such a such a weird omission from there. Uh, but yeah, it sets up for a sequel. It's built for a sequel, which is somewhat frustrating. I think the best we can hope for is that this is the Batman Begins to the Dark Knight, where the first Whoa, one... Don't, come on, man. Don't, don't trash on the Dark Knight like that. Oh, I mean, oh my come, goodness. That's what I said. We're hoping. <laughs> I'm an optimist here, Gary. And uh, you know what the action was... I will give you $10,000 if the next movie approaches that at all. You have me on on record, man. (laughs) So it has to be nominated for a couple of Oscars. If it's nominated for not not an effects Oscar. Um, No, that counted because I think Dark Knight got got a couple of those. I know, but Dark Knight was nominated for Best Picture. I mean, come on. You've got DC movies getting nominated for Best Visual Effects. I think so. I obviously Should know it won and was nominated for Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor with Heat. In our hearts, it was nominated for Best Picture. In our oh. hearts, mate. Okay. Yeah, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, overall, this film, uh, I think it's, if you're going for campy, if you come in for action, there's a way that this film works for you. Uh, you have to go in, though, expecting mush. And you'll you'll be fine. You'll you know if you go in expecting oatmeal yeah. for breakfast, it's fine. If you go in hearing an intercontinental breakfast, and you come in and all you got is oatmeal and oatmeal toppings, that really does set the bar low. So make sure that you come in to this film expecting something subpar, and I think you'll you'll be happy with it. I, is that fair to say, Gary? Ooh, um, I mean, even for like a crappy action movie, the action was kind of crappy because to me, the action wasn't shot in a way that made it as engaging as it could have been. For example, the John Wick movies, right? Those movies are almost like dancing That's with the, the action. That's the creme de la creme. It's the creme de la creme, right? But, I mean, they have talented enough stunt people. All they do is just kind of, like, not cut. You know, just, like, show him taking out six guys in a row without cutting a whole bunch. And it makes the action so much more cool. Uh, I'll shout out this YouTube channel called Every Frame of Painting. They break down why American action movies kind of suck in that way. And this is an American action movie with Asian influences, man. They could have totally done some more uh, stuff like that. But the, the action isn't good enough for me to... Be because I, I was completely ready to shut my brain off and be like, this is going to be stupid, but like there's going to be stuff that makes up for it, right? But I was too distracted by the fact that the main character wasn't even the main character and by, you know, the flaws that in, in the action. They, it wasn't that great. Um, there was a few deaths that getting sawed in half. I thought that when Jax got his arms frozen, ripped off, that was kind of cool. There was uh, the guy getting his soul sucked out was kind of cool, but... Um, even, I mean, I, I had a little bit of wine because I was like, I'm going to get a bit buzzed and enjoy this movie because I'm obviously more open to bad movies when I'm buzzed. But even then I was like, mm. I'm curious to what the the fanboys think, right? Because there's that whole thing going on with the DC movies where all the critics and artists crap on them. But, right. you know, the fanboys really – and, hey, I, I'm a fanboy of certain things too. But I'm like, if you're a fanboy, don't, don't you want better for your your movies Mortal Kombat fans make your voices heard it looks like the audience reviews are pretty good which just is, makes me sad man 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I wonder too. I think a lot of the times, if we're going to get into some sort of bigger debate, but uh, I think that a lot of the times they're just so worried that if they don't support it at all, it will be shut down completely. Yeah. So maybe that's where the fear comes in. Even with COVID, I think it made a good amount of money. I mean, its budget was in the 50 millions and it's already made about 50-ish million. Um, so they they came out for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not much more to say about it. I know we'll definitely be watching the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we. I mean, we, we've got to follow up and see if, if Cole becomes a, a real person. If he becomes Cole old. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Out of... 10 frozen fingers that are ready Ooh. to be ripped off. How how many frozen fingers does this Mortal Kombat film get for Man, you, Gary we're ex- Bauchi? We're expanding Bauchi. it to 10. Okay, that's good. I guess, more you flexibility. Know yeah, yeah. Let's go with um, okay. let's go with just one hand. One hand of frozen fingers. Five five frozen fingers? Five frozen fingers. Five frozen fingers. Uh it's going to get a 2. And the only reason I don't give it a one is because I legitimately wanted to play a fighting game after I saw this movie. And I hate fighting games because when I was in high school, that guy and his brother were really mean to me about Mortal Kombat. But I was like, man, maybe if I like picked it up and got really good at it, it would be fun. So hats off to making a good commercial, I guess. (laughs) I'm going to follow in your footsteps, too. Uh, I didn't make me want to play the game, but. I did really enjoy Kano. If nothing else, you can just cut off the rest of the film. When, yeah, uh, shout out to um, Mr. I'm scrolling Josh on Lawson. I, Josh Lawson. Is he actually Australian? I don't know. I couldn't. I don't I, know either, man. I, I wouldn't know off the top of yes, my head. Yes, he was born in Queensland, Australia. Yeah, he was um, quite enjoyable. And that girl, um, Sonia, deserves her own movie, I, I must say. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think to a lot of people who thought that she may have had a bad performance, she was authentic to the character that was on the video game and even kind of what yeah. came before her. So I, I can't necessarily blame her at all for any shortcomings she might have had. No, I actually thought that all the characters were likable for what they were, including Mr. Cole Young. But Cole right. Young just turned out to like be a supporting character in his own movie, which is so sad. Oh, and uh, spoiler alert, by the way, uh, Again, remember with that whole setting, the presence of death is not the end for any character. Don't worry. Yes. Kano's coming back. I, I, I don't oh, know. Of course any, he will. Yeah, I don't know of any insider. He is the definition of a fan favorite. He he has to come back oh, because yeah. if he doesn't come back in the next movie, I will riot. I will write a strongly worded letter to Warner Bros. and say, hey, man, you got to put Kano back in your movie, mate. You're right. There will be widespread uh, fan throwing up of hands. People will be catching said hands. It will be awful and all because they didn't include Kano. But trust me, Kano will be involved in the next one for. Also, though, uh, I, I will say I hope that they bring Sub-Zero back because I just like seeing people get frozen and then like exploded for podcast is emeritus, Gary. They will bring Sub-Zero back. I am Philip Amarine, and make sure to subscribe and listen to all of our old podcasts. we got a couple good movies in there, including what's going to be following this particular episode. A couple of good Give Me Fives that age like the fine wine that Gary drank before watching this very film. Listen to us on Mm-mm-mm. yeah, listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, really anywhere, even Google uh, Podcasts for all of these episodes. We're pretty much everywhere except for Pandora. You know why? Screw you, Pandora. 
Get over here!